T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Very excited to talk to my next guest, friend of the program, and I've been wanting to kind of get a big scope landscape view of 2021 in the sweet science and who better than to get our, our best boxing head on the show peter khan who writes for forbes he's a boxing manager fight game advisors as he does a fantastic job every time he is on with us peter thanks for the time man. really appreciate it brandon uh thank you very much it's great uh to be on i've only seen you i think once i think you've been up to the training camp one time since uh this crazy uh pandemic started so uh it's it's really good to see you. it's good to be here i actually yeah, i remember the last time we saw each other it was at the bkfc event and uh and xander was giving me crap because his lakers uh beat the heat in the finals so he wants to get back on the show oh, that's just, right you're right he just wants right, to right, he wants right. to rub so, but you did, but you did come in you did come in the gym though you yep. did something with him yep okay yep and he wanted to rub it in my face uh because he called right. that interview he said that that's the right, lakers would beat right. the heat and uh, listen, I still there's still an asterisk on that one for me because the Heat had two of their best players out. But uh, I'll leave that for him and I when we uh, when we get to it, man. But yeah, I, I you know look, I just wanted to get you on. I wanted to kind of just riff on some stuff in uh, in sure. the sports because I thought you know boxing had this year that felt like it was only really two halves, like the first quarter of it, the last quarter of it, where they got things uh, kind of going to uh, get to kind of get things back going into this year. But it felt like the sport had a lot of momentum at the end of the year. Like people were hyped about the lightweight division um, and, and everything that's going on there from your guy, George Cambosis getting his win to Tiafima Lopez to, you know, Javante Davis's sick knockout and, and Ryan Garcia really kind of just kick it off into 2021. So I guess I want to start there because I, I know that you're involved as far as that's concerned with, with Tiafimo and, and George, because, you know, Lopez has talked about wanting to fight George before. George is now the mandatory for one of the belts. Right. Um, where do you th- where do you think this all kind of ends up with uh, with these guys all seemingly wanting to fight each other? Which I love hearing as 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 a as a fan of the sport, um, but knowing that you know things can always go in different directions in boxing. How do you how do you see this all going? Well, I mean, I have no doubt that they all want to fight each other. I mean, I talked to all of them. In fact, <clears throat> I've spoken in the past week alone, I've spoken to Devin Haney, uh, Ryan Garcia, George, obviously I speak to every day. And uh, I speak to Tiafimo's team, his dad, his manager, and you know his promoter, Top Rank. I also have seven fighters with Top Rank and I'm constantly speaking with them. It's one of those things where <clears throat> some of those I- impediments to making those fights, unfortunately, fall under the promoters and, and their distribution. It's not that they don't wanna make them. But you got to remember, when a company like Golden Boy 
has spent their entire time building Garcia, uh, most you know, mostly on DAZN in the past couple of years. You know, they're not just going to hand him off so easily so that he can go fight Javante Davis on Showtime or a Showtime pay-per-view. So that's the issue that they have to overcome. Now, it can be overcome, but they have to find a way to work together and capitalize on that. Someone's going to take the lead. No different than when Anthony Joshua fought Vladimir Klitschko, if you remember. Both Showtime and HBO had a deal where I believe it aired on, mm, I'm thinking Showtime, and then it uh, had a tape delay on HBO, something like that. Yeah. Or, or vice versa. But I think it might have been that way. It would, they would have to be able to figure this out. The same holds true for Devin Haney. Devin Haney fighting Tiafimo Lopez. You have ESPN, in which Top Rank has built Tiafimo Lopez on from, from the ground up, including his win over Vasily Lomachenko. And you have Devin Haney, who's now with Matchroom and has been fighting on DAZN. So it can be done. Uh, all these guys do want to fight each other. As you know, Javante uh, Davis has been in our training camp here in South Florida over the past month. He's expressed to me very clearly he wants to fight Ryan Garcia. Of course, Ryan Garcia just beat Luke Campbell to become the mandatory in the WBC to fight Devin Haney. And the first thing he does is call out Tank Davis. Yeah. Now, like you also mentioned, I was in London with George Cambosis Jr., who defeated Lee Selby on October 31st uh, to become the IBF mandatory challenger for Tiafimo Lopez. And in the past couple of weeks, the IBF ordered that fight, gave us a 30-day negotiation period, which expires on February 6th. So we're getting very close to making a deal for George Cambosis Jr. to fight Tiafimo Lopez. So people could say what they want, because here's the thing. The word mandatory is, and we navigated that path specifically. There's no ambiguity. Tiafimo Lopez has to fight George Jr. or he has to vacate the IBF belt. If he vacates the IBF belt, George is guaranteed to fight Isak Cruz, who fought the same night that we fought, sort of under the radar. He beat Magdaleno via first-round knockout uh, on October 31st, right after we fought Lee Selby to secure the number two spot. And the reason he secured the number two spot is the IBF has very particular rules that you could become the number two mandatory. So that this way, if someone does vacate the belt, the number one and number two guys fought eliminators, they earned it. So they will fight for the vacant title. It is not by chance. It is not uh, left up to the IBF's discretion. The number one and number two guys fought for their positions. And in the event Tifimo vacates, George is guaranteed to fight for the title. So with that being said, we've been really negotiating and providing scenarios where Tiafimo would come to Australia. Right. Uh, obviously, our only hurdle right now, as you might have read in the news with the Australian Open, is there is still a 14-day hard quarantine for anyone entering Australia. And what that means is you are literally locked in a hotel room for 14 days. You cannot open the door except to receive your food. And it is extremely trying. And look, I've spoken to a few people that have experienced that, including George and his father after the Selby fight. And let me tell you, it's, it's pretty tough. So under those conditions, that fight would hit an obstacle. However, the date we've targeted and that we've presented to top rank is June 13th. So we're hoping, and, and look, it's the first time I've mentioned that date. I'm giving it to you first. June 13th is the date we presented for Tiafimo Lopez to defend all of his titles 
against George Cambosis Jr. in Australia. And the reason I say all of those titles is because George is rated in every single sanctioning body. Well, I wanted to ask you about Australia from that pers- uh, standpoint. What it, for for him being a big deal over there, uh, and then being much more strict with uh, with COVID. Uh, what do you hope that atmosphere could look like for him? Could it could like could it be? Uh, is are, is Australia at a point where they can have a, a crowd and, and people to go see him fight now? Like, is there is there that appeal where it not only could you know seem like an old, like a, like almost the uh, the way it used to be for a, for a title defense fight? What what would that uh, atmosphere seem like if 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 you guys were able to pull it off in Australia? Absolutely, you and I are in Florida, and uh, I believe there were close to twenty thousand new COVID cases just in the state this uh, one of the days this past week. And in Australia, in Sydney, for example, there were 25, Jeez. <laughs> just 25. But yet they've been very strict. And, you know, for that reason, they've been really able to flatten the curve. So you got to give them a lot of credit because they've probably been, you know, uh, leaders in showing how to how to really, you know, control this. Um, but I will say this, yes, they are putting people in stadiums they are having fans. We can put upwards of 20, 30,000 people or more in Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. And Melbourne is uh, the location we're targeting. There's 700,000 Greeks that live in Melbourne, Australia. It's the largest Greek population in the world outside of Greece. And of course, George Cambosis Jr. is a very proud Greek Australian. Uh, not just in DNA, he speaks fluent Greek. The family's extremely Greek. They trace their self, they trace themselves back to Sparta. Uh, he takes it very seriously. We were in Greece last June, actually June 2019. Uh, we fought in Athens. And so, you know, people in Melbourne, especially the Greek community, are eager to see George Cambosis Jr. have an opportunity to fight for that world title. So we're very confident that we can put a lot of people in the stadium. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's great for boxing. And you can have a real big fanfare and, and, you know, a a really exciting environment, which we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, even watching playoff football yesterday was amazing. It was was weird, right? It's all been weird. It's it's all been weird. And, uh, you know... I think that it's had its it's had its moments. Like I know in the UFC, you know, watching some of these guys talk to each other and not having the feel, it's been cool. But there, I mean, there is something to that roar of the crowd when something happens. And I think, you know, as a lot of the things you pointed out, I thought with George, like, well, you know, part of the reason boxing held up as long was held up as long uh, as the UFC is because they need that gate. That's a big part of the fighters, you know, livelihood as well. And if they could do something like that in in a country where you could actually get the atmosphere, uh, you know, booming like that, it feels like uh, it would be just tremendous. And it would, it would kind of, you know, it would it'd feel like some sense of normalcy for the sport that it hasn't had in a little bit. Look, I was at Pacquiao Horn in 2017 um, uh, at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, Australia. That was the biggest uh, audience I've ever been a part of, over 50,000 people. Uh, and I also had someone on that card. And, and then, you know, the main event was just electricity. It was like being at an NFL game, uh, but for boxing. So it was really exciting. You know, the fans come out because it's event driven. You know, it's not just boxing fan driven, right? Especially in a place like Australia. It is, it, it's, it's, it's the event to be at. So we put- I mean, look, what, look, you know what? It, just take this, for example. When Holly Holm... Uh, 
fought Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. That was in Melbourne. Yeah, look what look what that did. And uh, and uh, Robert Whitaker versus uh, Israel Adesanya. Huge. Their combat sports landscape. I've talked about this with George too. It's it's huge over there. It's, but you know, and I, I think uh, you know him having that ha- having that opportunity would be absolutely the monster for him. So and, let- and look, and you know, and you know George very well. You have had an opportunity over the past couple of years to come to the gym. You've sat down with him on, yep. on a few occasions. I think for his last three fights, you've done sit downs with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for him. You know, he's going to have that great opportunity. I thought the way that he handled himself before the Selby fight, uh, I thought he really took great hold of the microphone to show his, you know, charisma and stuff like that. Getting to see himself featured as, as you know, one of the co- uh, one of the big players on that card. I thought that was really big because I think that's going, you know, unfortunately in today's day and age, and I think especially with these, the, the thing that I've pointed out, I've talked to him about, I've talked to Haney about, they're all young and there is a braggadocious, demeanor about them almost like a conor mcgregor level where you not only have to do it with your skill set but you have to do it on the mic and you have to win the social media race to to get that fan interest and i think that you know he showed and he's he's showing that ability that he's willing to step out and talk trash because that's just kind of the game right now tiafimo will call this guy a certain name and, and devin will say it back and gervonta they're all right. very it's all instantaneous and, and honestly i think that's one of the things with this division that's better than what's happening with the welterweight division with Errol and Terrence basically acting like they don't exist. They're not, they're, right. they're, 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 they're no, they're no playing each other with these guys. <laughs> yeah. What's great is with all of them is they're they're all seemingly willing to fight, but they're also always willing to keep the furnace going, which I think is going to make all their fights monster when they do fight each other. You have to be a self promoter these days. You can't get caught not participating uh, on social media. And that's one of Bob Aram's biggest gripes about Terrence Crawford is that when you have arguably the top pound for pound guy in the sport and he really doesn't go to great lengths to be a self promoter, you know, it could drive the promoter crazy. But I also understand Terrence's point of view. His job is to fight and to win. And he doesn't like to participate in all that other stuff. You know, he just likes to put in the work and perform. And, you know, you can't blame him for that, right? His promoter's job is to promote. The fighter's job is to fight. But we've created all of these landscapes for these fighters to have a megaphone and there's just so much opportunity for people to talk. Now, George has been subtle about it because he's just got that, he's got that ace in the hole. He does. Mandatory. And, and he's referenced it a couple of times very subtly where he's just like, that mandatory is a very strong word. Now, of course, for us, if, if this fight doesn't manifest, it doesn't manifest. We still fight for the world title. And then when you have that belt, well, now all of a sudden you're in that conversation for unification with all these other guys as a belt holder. Yeah, I just think for him that, you know, him earning earning the shot, I think that, you know, I, I would hate to see him lose out on that just because, you know, you think that, you know, somebody's more hyped or whatnot. Um, because I think that he brings a fun style. I think people will really like that. I honestly think that that fight's going to be would be a lot more fun than him. Uh, like, let's say if TFMO went to fight Devin Haney. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have the opportunity to, to really showcase himself on a, on a huge world stage if, if if that fight does occur, and I hope that it does. Tiafimo uh, wants the fight. It's just it's just a logistic situation because what we're trying to avoid is that fight taking place in the bubble in Las Vegas. Right. You know, we're really trying to avoid that. At the same time, Tiafimo stands to make significantly more money. To Australia, as does George, 
And so, you know, we're, we're really trying to balance all of those things out. You know, Tiafimo doesn't want to give up the belt, but uh, if it doesn't make financial sense for him and logistically it can't work out because quarantine's still an issue moving forward, then, you know, he'll have to make a decision because the IBF isn't going to sit around forever. On February 6th, they might grant us the ability to extend the negotiation period because both parties are working together to make it work, but it's not going to go on indefinitely. Well, let's say they do. Let's say let's let's uh let, let's say they they do make that fight happen. For the rest of the guys, you mentioned some of the hurdles, um, but that they are all willing. Do you think any of the other guys play out? Does Ryan fight Gervonta? Does Devon, uh, does Devin fight Ryan Garcia? Like, where do you think any of those will happen in twenty twenty one? I think they're definitely going to happen. What I do think, you know, my heart of hearts is that Eddie Hearn is going to do everything he can for Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia to fight each other. It stays within the DAZN family. He can get a lot more money from DAZN. Interestingly enough, you know, you got to wonder who's the A side there, right? Because Gold has Ryan Garcia, Eddie has Devin Haney. It's a really tough call. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I just don't know. Is, is it who's the better fighter? Who has the who's the bigger draw? I think we can agree that Ryan Garcia is the bigger draw. Devin Haney might be the better box. Garcia brings the power. I mean, it's really a great matchup. It really, really is. Uh, as far as we mentioned, I mentioned a little bit earlier, but the uh, the welterweight division with Spencer Crawford. Any hope for that? You think? Uh, I've been, you know, very frustrated that uh, they haven't. You know, they've they've gone this route of you know being done with the call outs, kind of throwing cold water on it. Um, you know, I love Sean Potter as much as the next guy, but I've kind of seen him in the title game. I, we, you know, the fans know who they want to see. Do you see any scenario where those guys will actually fight this year? Look, I think that, you know, despite what people might think, I think top rank is willing to try to make that happen. I think it really comes down to Al Heyman and PBC to find a way to make that happen. Um, I wouldn't say that either of those guys are higher than the other as far as a, a draw, whether it's pay-per-view or whether it's uh, fans coming. I think they're kind of very even in that sense. I know PBC tries to build the case that Spence is a pay-per-view star. I mean, I, I think Errol Spence is a great fighter, but I just don't necessarily know if, if that's the case. I, I think it is a 50-50 fight, meaning that I think both in – in competition and financially when they argue about stuff like that the 60 40 the 50 50 how much more beneficial is it for them to say have a super fight with each other and it be 50 50 as opposed to errol fighting sean porter and whatever cut he's going to get like i would think just uh, uh, from a novice standpoint like wouldn't it be better to have this huge fight and people be into it and you guys would reap the benefits of that? Or is it really better for them to just, you know, stick within the PBC universe and just do what they can do there? No, you're hundred percent right. And I think we see this in other sports as well. It's a little different in boxing because it's purse driven. It's not salary driven, but um, look, ego, everyone wants to be the A side, believe it or not. You know, they'll sit there and argue. Is it Crawford Spence or is it Spence Crawford? It means something to them. It really does. The first name's the A side. And, you know, an argument could be made, you flip a coin. Uh, and then let me tell you, this is how granular it gets, okay? Who's going to walk first? Who gets announced second? These are things that get negotiated because it's perception. And it's perception as this is the A side. This is who's supposed to win. This is the favorite. 
And look, these guys play into that. So I believe that as, you know, separating the business from, you know, from the fandom, you just want to be, you just want to see a great fight. And unfortunately, some of these fights are taking too long to make. The fans are losing out. And I do believe that the fighters are losing out because I do believe they stand to make a lot more money. I think if they sit down and did the mathematics of what they're going to earn continuing to fight in that round robin over at PBC, they stand to make a lot more money entering, you know, that uh, Terrence Crawford conversation. Do you think that uh, Manny Pacquiao, do you think that he entertains either one of those or do you think he holds out for McGregor? Like uh, that McGregor's going to be fighting Dustin soon. Uh, he seems open and honestly seems like he, he made it seem like he thinks it's going to happen that he's going to fight Manny Pacquiao. And I'm a guy like I'm a huge Pacquiao fan. Um, it's not that I, I worry about him fighting Terrence or Errol because I, I don't really ever doubt uh, Manny's ability, especially even after what he was able to do, putting Thurman on the canvas. Um, I think he's dang still dangerous against anybody, but he's also done everything there is to do. I think it'd be cool for Manny to have that cross promotional super fight, that one last, you know, hurrah into the sunset. So do you, th do you think that's much more likely than him stepping in there with either one of those guys? Probably. I mean, I think at this stage, like you said, Manny is a legend. He's my favorite fighter of all time. Uh, I mean, you, we're never going to see anyone do what, what Manny Pacquiao has done. We're never going to see that ever again. He's won uh, world championships in eight different weight classes. That's half the amount of weight classes that exist in boxing. Uh, he's an absolute superstar. He transcends the sport, probably going to be the president of the Philippines. I just don't think he needs to prove anything else against any of the active fighters at this point. I think if he could have one more big payday, uh, and go out there and destroy a guy like Conor McGregor, it would be entertaining. It would be fun. I don't even think it's a competition. I, I think Manny would utterly just destroy him. I agree. I agree with you there. Uh, but I think it would be a fun. But, but it would be fun to it'd watch. It would be fun. But it would be fun. Yeah. And I think that's. I, and I think for him at his point in his career, it's okay for him to do that. How old's Manny? 42? I think, yeah. 40. Yeah. He's in, he's in the 40s. So he'll still destroy Conor McGregor. I mean, it, it'll be a novelty. It'll be exciting. I think we want to see, what is it, UFC 257? Is that, is that what's yep. coming up? Yep. So I, I think people want to see a, a good-looking Conor McGregor, you know, someone that's competitive and, and, you know, has all of his tools still because that'll just make that fight easier to sell uh, and more credible. Um, but, look, it then comes down to uh, is this the UFC? Is it Zufa boxing? But I mean, look, I think it would be entertaining. I think as we've seen recently, I have no issue with these exhibitions. I find them to be entertaining um, because I don't get offended. It's like saying someone watches a three-on-three -three basketball tournament and somehow they, you know, with celebrities or something. It's, for me, look, it's entertaining. It, it just happens to be uh, a little bit outside well, of the line. Listen, you were there You were there for the, uh, the, the, the pro debut of Jake. You were there for history, Jake Paul's pro debut. That's you right. and I were I sitting there ringside. We were, we, were, we were there, exactly. <laughs> and, oh. we, and listen, you and I were marveling at the fact that when he knocked that guy out, right? Yep. Everybody got up and left. Yep. They didn't even stay Nobody for Demetrius Andre. Nobody stayed for the middleweight championship of the world. It was crazy. Andre, Andre Keeler. I think, right? Yep. Yes. Yes, I think so. And he knocked yeah, no one said. Nobody it. Nobody said. Everybody was got. I remember interviewing Jake Paul that week on Radio Row with Shane Mosley. And I'm like, is this a work? Like, I, Shane's telling me, he's like, oh, he's he's working hard. He's got the, you know, the eye of the tiger. I'm like, huh? Like, I, I just don't know what to, to believe anymore. Like, look, the Nate Robinson thing was, uh, was a viral sensation. And I think that's fun. Like, I, look, if Jake Paul's going to stick in the realm of fighting mixed martial artists in boxing, 
cool, fine. Let's do, let's, you know, I think, I do think that there is some element where that can put a shine on the sport if you put it in the right uh, aspect, but just like, you know, let's keep it in perspective. Like don't have him go out there and fight somebody who could actually really hurt him. Uh, because that's, that's what happened with Nate. Like Nate never trained. People just thought, oh, he's an athlete. He'll be fine. And he got he viciously knocked out. It was bad. Yeah, but but to Jake Paul's credit, right? And I know we're kind of like veering off a little bit, but to his credit, he's lived and trained like a fighter yep. for at least the past year or two now. He's taken it very seriously. Yes, he's not fighting real fighters yet. And he might never fight real fighters, but he's living the lifestyle and he's putting his best foot forward. He has BJ Flores training him. In fact, he just moved down to Miami, and I believe today is his birthday. So uh, I know some people that are going to celebrate his birthday with him. But for what that's worth, uh, I think that, you know, look, what was the, the Tyson Jones exhibition pay-per-view, the eighth largest pay-per-view Yeah, in it was history? like $1.6 million. That's crazy. I mean, who, who you know. It's crazy. It's nuts, man. Like, because you think, like... Uh... I wouldn't mind being a part of that. No, absolutely not. I'm sure. I'm sure you wouldn't be. And like you know, you think Deontay versus Tyson does half. Tyson Fury does half. Seven hundred. Seven hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, and that's. I feel like that's that at the time for big blockbuster fights. That's probably one of the best things the sport has to offer. It's crazy. It's it's a crazy place where the sport's at. But you know, I I really feel. Peter, like I tune in everywhere. I'm like the talent feels like it's as good or if not better than it's ever been. It's just, I, I imagine just the business of the sport is different because there's so many different ways people are consuming it. Well, you know, we've seen some great things during the pandemic and I'll tell you why. So because it took until June for boxing to return when top rank, the first week of June started doing their shows uh, one of the philosophies that they reached out to all the fighters on their roster, and I represent 10% of their roster, right? And they were very clear. We're making 50-50 fights. If, you, if you're not ready and you don't want to fight, you sit out. And, and that was basically the mantra. They weren't going to be getting audiences. They were losing live gate money. They needed to make the most competitive fights for television as they could. And we had to you know, take, take more chances than we normally would, uh, you know, and look right out of the, right out of the gate. I had uh Nicolo Sekhnia Nika. Yeah. Who I believe you've seen. Of course he fought um, somebody that was eight and one and uh, he won, you know, I mean, I'm just saying you, you have guys that are either undefeated fighting each other. Um, I mean, aside from guys that are developing that are people that they're making pro debuts, et cetera. Um, they were making very competitive fights. I mean, we saw some really great fights during the pandemic, but that was really the key because what was happening is early on, a lot of fights were falling out because positive tests were happening upon arrival. Uh, the promoters weren't, weren't scheduling more than five to six fights per. If one or two of them fall out, you're down to four fights on a card. The other thing is everyone was getting that exposure on ESPN, which was huge. There was no ESPN plus feed. It was all ESPN television. It was a great showcase for people that were ready. So uh, I think that it did make for a very competitive 2020. And I think that philosophy spilled over into 2021 because the phone call conversations I'm having, the opponents that are being referenced for the fighters I represent are, you know, nothing's going to be a walk in the park. You know, you, you just, you got to fight, you got to win and you got to move on, which I feel is similar to like a UFC mindset, right? 
um i mean they try to match competitive tough fights right i mean yeah i was talking i was actually talking to one of your fighters here chris von Heerden, and he was actually we had a conversation about this he goes he goes i'd be all for it he goes i just wish that when we lose people don't treat us you know like it's we're, we're, we're yesterday's news and i feel like a guy like him who takes a loss against errol spence and has to work so far you know to get back to a title spot it's not yeah. you know it's it, it's it's frustrating a guy like um erickson lubin who's a, a highly titled prospect takes a big risk taking on trial gets starched and you don't hear from the guy for five years even though he looks unbelievably promising i i, I think that if the fans and I do think the media too, you know, because they're, they're guilty of this. Where if a guy loses, they cast him off. Um, if You're I could put it, right. if I could put an example to it, this past weekend, Max Holloway, mm -hmm. Max Holloway is maybe the greatest featherweight UFC fighter of all time. He lost twice to Alexander Volkanovsky, although the second one's very controversial. So a lot of people find him to be the uncrowned champ right now. But nonetheless, took a loss, and he had this performance against uh, against uh, Calvin Cater. Broke the UFC strike record. He's looked upon uh, from UFC fans like a legend. And it doesn't right. matter that he has losses. It doesn't matter that he lost to Conor McGregor when he was 19 years old. It's okay. And I get it from both standpoints. I get it from like, you wish that everybody would be competitive and fight each other. But if Ryan Garcia and Gervonta fight each other, if one of them has to lose, that one of them doesn't go off to obs obscurity because... I think, like, you know, I don't know who gets to survive that anymore. Maybe Adrian Broner gets to lose all his fights and still be a main eventer. But it's it's tough. It's, it's it, you know, nobody gets treated that that uh, that way, where if you take a loss, you get to uh, you get to continue to be beloved by the fans and by the media. You know, it's a great point, And it's the big fear in boxing. That's why people are so careful when it comes to how they get matched. You know, that's why we don't necessarily see the most competitive fights, because everyone has that fear, what if I get a bad decision? You know, what is that gonna do? Because the promoters use it as leverage, right? They use it as leverage, you're coming off a loss, right? I mean, look, I have Andy Vences, 130 pounder. Uh, he lost to Albert Bell a couple of years ago, was his you know, only loss. And then during the pandemic, he was in a really tough fight, very exciting fight. Uh, he was out on his feet, like in the fifth round. Uh, and then we thought he won a decision. And he ended up losing a split decision. It was heartbreaking. But before he could get back to the dressing room, Top Rank called me because I wasn't allowed to be there because they had very strict rules at the time. And they said, we're not going to release him. See, in boxing, this is the crazy thing. Every contract is the same for every promoter. And, it, and it's in the first paragraph. If you're not declared the winner, not if you lose. I mean, you know, not if you, if you're not declared, declared the winner, you can be released. You can wow. have a, a three-year deal with two options and all these great minimums and world title challenge minimums. The promoter reserves the right to release you upon one loss. That's crazy. And that's the answer. Until they change that in the contract, then, you know, fighters are going to really live by that. A loss can be devastating. It can mean you become a promotional free agent, which lowers your market value, and it gives you uncertainty because then they're not obligated to fight you three to four times per year. So, you know, that's that goes into it. The one promotional entity, it's not really a promotional entity, the, the one company that I'll give a lot of credit to that just truly is the best at keeping the fighters busy, bringing them back and not letting a, a, a loss be a death sentence is PBC. They continuously 
bring guys back in their contracts, in their bout agreements, they will do comeback fights so that this way guys won't be afraid to take a challenge because they know they're going to get a comeback fight. And, you know, sometimes that's all you need is a win to separate you from that loss and, and rebuild that momentum. And it's the one great thing that you see in the UFC and mixed martial arts in general. I think once boxing can embrace that, it's going to you're going to see much better fights earlier on. You know what I mean? Like, you know, guys aren't going to wait till they're 20 and 0 to take a chance. Before we get you out of here, things you're looking forward to with your own fighters. What's uh, what's some big stuff coming up for you? Uh, my guy Xander, when's he going to be back in there? What, what do we got coming up uh, for, for FGA? So Xander is fighting in February. Uh, that announcement will be uh, coming out shortly. It'll be on ESPN. Uh, of course, we're working out the plans for George Cambosis Jr., um, I have uh, some really promising young talent that's getting off the ground. I just also negotiated the fight for Maurice Hooker to fight Virgil Ortiz, which is a tall order, but great opportunity. Uh, and I have, you know, all my guys in camp right now getting ready. Uh, Manuel Tego is another lightweight that you've met and that you've seen in the gym from Ghana. And he's a, a top three rated lightweight. That's also in the mix. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him fight Devin Haney in an optional defense uh if a big fight for Dan uh, for haney can't be secured and, and you know from what i understand his next date's april 2nd so if he's going to fight garcia it would have to be april 2nd or he's going to need to find somebody uh and then i have some great young talent like aaron aponte uh, from, from i've met him before Florida. he is yep, uh, at a, a few, at a a few alien. the alien king right. you've been to his gym in hylia gardens yep Yep. Um, so the alien king. I've seen him. Uh, 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 I, I've seen him spar before. Kid's explosive. I mean, he wanted to go to the Olympics. I remember when I spoke to him because it was yep. young. Obviously, COVID knocked out those plans. But he's uh, he's super talented. Check out his pro debut. If you if you if you search for Aaron Aponte, you'll find it. You know, it'll it'll only be about fifty eight seconds. So don't worry <laughs> about it. I won't take up too much of your time. Uh, very explosive knockout in his pro debut that was on Telemundo. Uh, and then speaking of the Olympics, I have three Olympians. Uh, Charlie Sheehy, who's on the U.S. Olympic team, who's in camp with the team right now. He's uh, a 138-pounder in the Olympics. Uh, I have Jimmy Brennis from Nicaragua, who's a 152-pounder. Um, and I have uh, Joshua Corte, who is uh, Ike Corte's nephew from Ghana. Uh, and he's also in the 152-pound division. So I will be going to Tokyo in the summer uh, for the Olympics uh, to you know, support uh, these three guys. Um, and, and just, you know, Franchone Cruz Desern. Uh, the 168-pound unified WBO-WBC female champion. We're actually in, in discussion right now for her to unify to, to be undisputed against Ellen Setterus, who has the IBF and WBA titles. So there's a lot going on. I mean, look, it's unusual times. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, it's having fight dates is tough. COVID surges in certain places. Things get lockdown just like when you take one step forward it seems like we a couple of steps back so it's very fluid uh i i might have quentin randall back in the ring soon um another undefeated welterweight you know but i have 20 plus fighters now on the roster uh it's it's been challenging to keep them all active uh and and you know andy vences will be back uh gabe flores jr didn't want to fight him turned him down repeatedly uh so we're just you know trying to make these these big fights but um look you, you know you're you're always welcome to come to the training camp you know we have adrian broner in there now Javante davis robert easter 
So, uh, you know, maybe you can come down sometime next week. Let's make it happen, man. Uh, all the best to you. Have a great week, man. And, uh, you know, just keep on staying safe out there. We'll, uh, we'll get through these crazy times. Brendan, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.